재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This week, Forbes magazine Asia named its annual 30 under 30 list for 2018. The list features young people recognized for being highly influential in their part of society. Uh, one of the sole honorees was Heezy Kim, who you're going to hear from in just a little bit. He's a leader and an advocate in the Seoul LGBT community, and the art of drag performance is in a way his microphone. In this edition of Planet Korea, we're going to take a closer look at the drag scene here in Korea. As a first step, I asked our contributor, Mark Wilson, to take a look around. He's here with us in the studio now. Hi, Mark. Hey, Kurt. So when I went ahead and I delved into this community, I, I literally knew little to, to nothing about uh, not just drag in Korea, but just drag in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does it mean? What was the origin? And I went ahead and I went to this uh cafe and i was really lucky to sit down with a couple of queens the first one is eureka rice and it was just a lovely conversation but not only did he uh sit down and talk about his background but also he talked about the origin Mm. of dragon where it comes from eureka rice yes (laughs) so eureka rice comes he's australian Uh his name is luke and he was trying to come up with his his, uh queen name he calls himself a rice queen Have you heard of that? Ah. So rice queens is actually a term used towards uh, gay men who are solely into Asian men. How fascinating. So so they call themselves, they identify themselves as rice queens. So (laughs) his friends say, hey, you know, because he, they say, hey, Luke, you're you're, you're such a rice queen. And, you know, we we might as well just call you Eureka of, like Eureka Rice. Eureka Rice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. And you said he kind of schooled you in the basics. Yeah, he went ahead and he actually talked about the origin of drag, where it came from. It actually has a lot of classical backgrounds we're talking you know 1700s 1800s shakespearean theatrical stuff no kidding yeah let's hear it shakespeare actually coined the phrase drag because in in the side notes of one of his plays i can't remember which one but it has the name of the actor and it has dr.a.g dressed as girl so that's where the, the my gosh, yeah. that is awesome. So, so drag really began. Well, we took started to take off in there, and you know Shakespearean times, and then the pantomimes of the eighteen and nineteen hundreds, and then it just grew and grew and grew. Because I do the clown drag or the panto drag. I I don't wax my eyebrows off or, you know, cover them over. I use my own, my own, um, uh, eyebrows. I I don't use lace front wigs that a lot of drag queens use. Um, I rarely perform in heels. I often wear, uh, well, what can only be described as, uh, football socks and army boots. And that's, that's what the true art form of drag is it's actually coming up with your very own character your own style your own way of dance your own way of speaking 
you're right, a, a unique look. My being is a creative person and an and, and entertainer. That's all I want to do with my life, to, to be creative and entertain people and make them happy and laugh. And um, so, yeah, I, I've, I've evolved in different ways. I don't do... I don't do Britney, I don't do Beyonce, I don't do Adele. Eureka Rice is a loud, very flirtatious, um, Asian-loving My goodness. queen. Big old rice queen, she, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I like to be... Uh, like a lot of... Drag queens, their role in the clubs, in the bars, are... Uh, to welcome people, interact with people, make them feel welcome, um, and entertain them. Eureka Rice is quite interesting because she falls under more of the called the pantomime category or more of the clown style where it's just, you know, big shapes and, and bright wigs and almost very boisterous it's it's almost like stand-up comedy when she's she's working the room she's you know she's teasing and flirting with the audience and and she is not holding back she is really letting herself out there so eureka gave you sort of the the big drag picture let's zoom in a little more on specifically the korean drag scene did you meet korean drag queens as well yeah so i met uh heezy who is the artist that i featured on the artistic wandering and he is Hurricane Kimchi, and he's quite well. She is quite known through uh, social media, and she performs uh, when it comes to music performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurricane Kimchi essentially she's a hostess, mm-hmm. uh, which is another thing which is pretty interesting. Is when you go to one of these performances, uh, the drag queens are there. And they're they're the hostess, so the performance almost immediately kind starts. Kind of the MC, you, they're already there, kind of welcoming you. Well, I mean, they're letting you through the door, they're sitting you down, you know, just things like that. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I know Heezy. Uh, we've had Heezy here before, and uh, she's, I mean, he, she is kind of a advocate, spokesperson for the LGBTQ community here. And what's interesting about her, and I suspect a lot of drag queens, is that the art of drag kind of gives them this passport to become somebody else, right? He's, he's this very soft-spoken kind of, you know, very little bit shy-seeming male when you talk to him. And then Hurricane Kimchi comes out, and it's a whole different story. So what kind of stuff did you talk to Heezy about? When it came to talking to Heezy, he just pretty much told me about what it is to be a member of this community. And he's a busy guy. I mean, he he hosts a lot of the events, so he talks about his busy schedule as that. But he also identifies and uses his drag persona as a political statement. Let's hear it. Yeah. At, at first, I just started uh, for fun. By for fun, I mean like, you know, um, because the society, especially in this conservative uh, Korean society, there are lots of things that I couldn't uh, dare to try, like dressing uh, more you know femininely or like you know the makeup and clothes that I've never tried so I wanted to try them so that's how I started um, doing drag and then um, you know I lot and I perform so I thought I would bring it to the stage and then so I've been doing stage shows too and 
I, uh, I, get I got involved in activism you know, stuff too, so I sometimes protest even in drag um, in the streets, so that's what I do in drag. How did you come up with the name? Uh, there's a K-pop song called Hurricane Venus by Boa. Yes. And um, yeah. I like the song and also, you know, I wanted to add some Korean feeling, Korean touch to it. So I chose kimchi. It's and that's like, it's also a, a very international word, right, very right, well right. known. Yeah. It's a bit cliche, but, you know, sometimes cheesy is good, you know. I mean, it's easy to remember. Yeah. People won't forget your name. Right. That's so, right. and also Hurricane, you know, is a, you know, it can do a lot of damage to towns and people, but it means it's it's very influential. It you know leaves influences. Drag for me is uh, first a method of exploring femininity and masculinity as well. I sometimes look like I look more feminine and I dress more femininely, but sometimes I keep my beard and wear more you know masculine or tough outfits. And I don't simply just try to look pretty or feminine on stage. I sometimes perform, you know, I sometimes do Britney or like cute songs, pretty songs, but sometimes I sing punk rock songs too. So yeah, it's not about just looking pretty and being, you know, feminine. I am a performer and presenter who is in real life a introvert. So... Yeah, it gives me confidence on the stage. I would and, never you know. guess that when I see you perform, no way. Yeah, yeah. and also I do drag um, because drag is almost like a political statement um, for me. I express my feminine self and masculine self and in a way non-binary self and also an artistic side of my side. Um, I express that by doing drag. Yeah. And also I, you know, perform and protest in drag too. So it's a statement that I will not leave hiding who I am. And it's a statement that I will not be apologetic for who I am. So if I can empower the questioning or the hidden or the weak by stepping out to the world as a drag performer, it would be a complete honor to me. What was the crowd like? Who was there? I mean, it was just a, a huge mix of, of Koreans, non-Koreans, LGBTQ, and allies. You know, people supporting the cause, supporting the movement, and just friends of the performers, and just a lot of different kinds of people. And it was nice to just see the space that they were in. Mm. It, it really felt safe. You know, if you're, you're a member of the LGBTQ Korean community. Yeah. When you walked in those doors, you You're were sort of just behind fortress walls. Yeah, yeah. And you were just you were just a part of the part of the gang, and they everybody just looked really comfortable. That to me, bringing their dates out, it was just you know, there. You go. That yeah. to me signals sort of a maturing drag slash uh, LGBT scene in the sense in the same idiom that you have in major cities around the world that the you know a, a drag performance in Seoul is no longer just some niche thing for some underground community rather it's a mainstream kind of thing that you know a guy can go to with his date and feel perfectly at ease you know going absolutely to see these. same thing yeah guy girl absolutely anybody yeah. yeah all right well cool I'm glad you got a new experience Mark and uh, checked out the scene yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, 
Yeah, I, I really wish the best for this community. I hope it uh, prospers and does well. One of the key reasons for expanded interest in drag, not just here in Seoul, but around the world, is the television program RuPaul's Drag Race. It's now in its 10th season, and it features an elimination-style competition judged by RuPaul herself, arguably the most famous drag celebrity of all time. And one reason it's gotten so popular is that it takes RuPaul's particular style of Glamazon drag performance and interfaces it with kind of a mainstream audience that wouldn't necessarily think about drag otherwise. In one episode, RuPaul offers a little explanation of the importance of drag in helping LGBT individuals overcome not just their own fears, but also political obstacles. What is drag? Drag is underground and over the top. Drag is political and politically incorrect. Drag is camp and couture. Drag is punk and mainstream. Drag is a laugh riot and it could start a revolution. Drag is never having to say you're sorry. I wanted to get a better sense of what kind of specific role the Korean drag culture is playing in the lives of people who reside here. So I went out this week on a little expedition of my own to meet three drag performers from what they call the House of Extra. They shared their thoughts with me while they got ready for their weekend performance. Check it out. My name is Eric. My character is Erica Balenciaga. I've been doing drag for over two years now, and I'm originally from Korea. My name is Louis, and my drag persona is Charlotte Goodenough, and she's been in the Korean drag scene for about two and a half years, and she is from USA. I am Jackie. I am Jackster the Taco Master from Chicago, and I've been doing drag in Seoul for a year and a half. I first started drag in Shanghai when I met my drag mother there and since then I've always wanted to come back to Seoul and just explore the LGBT scene here and continue my drag activity here because I, I always wanted to perform in Korea. Before I was a college student but I took a break because I had like personal issues with my family because they weren't really accepting of uh, my sexuality and what I wanted to do and what my passions were. Actually, my entire family is Jehovah's Witness. I did come out to them in high school about my sexual, like, sexual orientation, um, and they weren't happy about that, obviously. I had to keep it a secret, but when I was in Shanghai at college, away from my parents, away from their like supervision, I was able to just uh, explore the city, explore other parts of LGBT culture, and um, that's when I really started doing drag. Actually, the, the way my parents found out was because they saw videos of me on Facebook. Okay. And they were just like, what is going on? And they called me and they were like, are you transitioning? And I was like, no. And I was like, I taped it back. <laughs> and they just didn't get it. You have entertainment. You have beauty. You have funny. You have glamour. You have like so many things in a drag show. I like fashion. I like beauty. 
um, and Erica just kind of lets me realize that because I know a lot of drag queens have this character that they play but I feel like mine really isn't much of a character than how I am in real life. I don't know, you might be feeling nervous or whatever about a before a performance or whatever's going in your life. Like, if you love drag as much as I do or like we do, once you're on the stage performing a song, you're just like, and the audience is enjoying it and you're just having a blast. Like, it's just, oh, it feels so good. It's just, it's an adrenaline. And like we said, like sometimes a character just takes over. People were always telling my mom, you know, what are you gonna do with your kid? Like he's so girly and he's always doing girly things. And my mom was just like, oh, he'll grow out of it. It's just a phase. But that whole part of my life was just so, it just caused so much pain for me because I didn't know how to deal with that and I wanted people all, like I wanted everyone to like me. So I think that's what kind of drew my double life because I was just juggling between my inner desires and like pleasing other people. I was Obviously, I'm not like a troublemaker and a lot of people expected so many things from me in the church and to, to, to have this kid who was doing so well in the religion just all of a sudden 360 is gay, a drag queen among queer people, you know, in the nightlife scene. Like people were just so confused of what was going on and it was so hard for me to like digest the situation that was going on and also to explain to people who I am and what I want to be. So I had to go through uh, the whole process of like this fellowshipping or like excommunication. So the, the people I was talking to, they're like the, the, the judges and they're judging my actions. So the moment I came into that thing, they were like, okay, so this is what you did wrong. And do you confess to your sins? And I was like, I confess to all of them. And they were asking me, you know, they want me to stay. And I told them no. <laughs> My mom was like asking me if they ask you to stay, will you stay? And I told, you know, I lied to her. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll keep doing it. And then when the actual moment came, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I was like, no, I don't want to stay in this religion. I'm leaving. And then when I told my mom that, that's when she stopped contacting me. Now, as I'm in my 20s, I have to do the military service. I am scared for my life because I will be a target. It's, it's, it's a given. It, it happens so frequently. I, I, I'm planning to like opt out for a bit to finish my studies, but if I ever do come back to Korea, I'll have to serve. I, I would try to avoid it as much as I can, but um, I don't know at this point. I, I'm trying not to think about it because it's just such a daunting thing for me. The Korean drag scene. I would say definitely right now it's expanding. In the past, it was always mostly only in gay clubs. Now there's straight venues or lounges or clubs that are booking queens to create that show. 
So there's、um, lounges in Cheongdong, Shinsa. We've done shows in Busan, Daegu, you know, all over the country now. So it's not like in the past, it was only in sort of Itaewon and a very gay environment. But now it's, you know, becoming something that is in more open spaces, I guess. And even like、um, brands now are using drag queens. So, like, Beer last year had these summer events and we did shows at everyone. Oh, right. The Korean, the Korean owners of the brand in Korea booked drag queens to perform. So, they're like, companies are not afraid to reach out to the gay community now in Korea. I was in Shanghai for about, I'd say, six months alone. Not having contact with my family. And then later, I think my mom just suddenly had this change and she was like, you know what, we'll take you in because I'm worried about your health and I'm worried about you know, your situation. Not that she wants to like, accept me or anything, but it's nice to know that she cares. I thought I would never be able to make it. I would never be able to get out of that religion because it was the only thing I knew. And I knew that the moment I would step out of it, I would lose everything that I've had. And that scared me so much. But knowing that, you know, after all this happened, it wasn't really big of a deal. Just makes me comfortable knowing that. And I know people, out, like kids out there who are struggling with things, should know that it's, you know, it's only a phase. It's going to, it's going to get better. I made a little slip of the tongue earlier when I described Heezy's name as Heezy Kim. In fact, it is Heezy Young. And I knew that. Sorry, Heezy. With that in mind, I want to offer my thanks to Heezy Young, Eureka Rice, Mark, Wilson, Luke, Eric, and Jackie. It was great talking to you、uh, and learning a little bit more about this scene. That is going to bring today's edition of Koreascape to a close. 